0: Hi, this is Bianca, and this is Anna, and welcome back to another episode of Girl Talk Mondays. Mondays. We have a special guest with us today. We have Maureen Tengi, founder of MT Art Agency, and also she's become a friend of mine since we met a few months ago, was it, at a panel talk that we had. So thank you so much, Maureen, for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me, (laughs) it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. So she's actually done so well in her industry. She's mm-hmm. built like a life-changing model for the art world. You've been featured in The Guardian magazine. You're Forbes 30 Under 30, which is amazing. And you've worked on amazing projects with the Rosewood London, uh, Tate Modern, the Champs de Chandeliers in Paris as well. The list goes so on. The list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Lots of great names. She's a really, yeah, true woman in business. Yeah. So it's nice to have you on and chat about exactly how, you know, her platform and her business became successful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's (laughs) so weird, and I love exchanging about those things anyway. Yeah, yeah, it is a passion for (laughs) you to talk about. So tell us, how did you actually get into art in the first place because you started working in the industry at such a young age as well.
1: So um, as a kid I've always loved creativity, always loved art, um, Mm -hmm. and I felt it was a great escape. So I came from a small place, art basically gave me the opportunity to escape and discover a whole new world and it felt like Mm -hmm. it was a magical world. And then I applied um, to be an intern on the BBC Mm
2: -hmm. and I
1: obtained that internship when I was 19. And then very quickly I got approached to become a young Gary director because I was always talking about it. I was really passionate about it. And they said, look, um, I think you will be really good at running the gallery because you have that passion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then again, two years later, when I was 23, I was asked to by an investor to open my own gallery in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I moved from London to LA to open my gallery there, and that's where I very much got exposed to the top talent agencies that build talents in music, film, and sports. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. Um, I'm sending lovely paintings on the wall Mm -hmm. and those guys are making people famous in their industries Mm -hmm. in a much bigger way. This is actually the job I will want to have for my Mm -hmm. artists. It's like the cheesy Jerry Maguire movie, um, Mm -hmm. but this is kind of the idea, you know, you just are creating influence and fame around someone that you believe in. So I thought, okay, there's no talent agency in the art space. Let's build one and then let's bring it back Mm -hmm. to London and try it.
0: Yeah, amazing. It's such an interesting model that you have as well with your agency, because it's completely about building and believing in the artist mm-hmm. and creating something for them. So, actually, can you tell us about? I
1: don't, you know, I don't know if,
0: um, if the agents will be familiar with the music, film, and sport. But what happens
1: in the talents industry is you get signed, let's say, by a famous record label. Mm-hmm. Those guys will be financing you, and basically, just ring every single gatekeeper. Um, to get you in the press, uh, to get you listened to and to get massive. It's actually the same job for us. So Mm -hmm. when we sign a talent, so we get approached by hundreds of them every month. If we sign someone, we give them financial resources every month. But we also generally just start making calls across all the gatekeepers Mm
2: -hmm. to make
1: sure that you will hear of that person, you will, you know, we will start... Um, you'll start trusting that person has credibility mm-hmm. and you will start appreciating the art in whatever format this could be um, artists working with the top brands integrating their art in their campaign it could be putting their art into an um, in interior it could be doing a public art project across mm-hmm. the city mm-hmm. it could be having a full fe- feature in the press ultimately what you want is to kind of say to people that person is really inspiring and um, and and build that profile that way
3: Yeah, yeah. So how do you decide which people they're gonna take on? Yeah, it's a good question. How do you
1: know? So we have now a selection committee, but what we do look for into an artist is one, how innovative are they technically? So I think Mm -hmm. the way to think about it is um whether it's business or whether it's talent, um, people who succeed I've kind of created a unique voice yeah, or unique yeah. style, mm-hmm. so that's what we try to look for: is someone yeah. that we think that style we haven't seen before, oh. is very unique. Then we also want a great story. I'm sure you the same, but we mm-hmm. always love a good story. Yeah. We, it's like um, it's like a Walt Disney movie. You want someone to yeah. struggle. And to realize something and then to activate that story Mm -hmm. was the same. I think you need someone with a very good story. Mm -hmm. And you want that story to be as part of the art as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think after that is similar in your industries as well. But you want people who are driven, who are passionate Mm -hmm. and will work incredibly hard. Um, You know, we talked about it when we first met with Bianca, but realistically... Mm -hmm you will get rejected a lot. Yeah. Um, you will have mm-hmm. people who are not very nice. Um, mm-hmm. You will have a lot of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a personality where you think, okay, this is what I want to do for the next 40 years mm-hmm. and yeah. and I will generally try to activate it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that comes with a certain amount of resilience mm-hmm. Which actually is quite rare in people. I don't encounter many people with an enormous ambition and religion, resilience mm-hmm. mixed. So you do sense it when you have that kind of personality that walks into the room, yeah, yeah. because they have that inner confidence that no matter what, they will do it. Mm-hmm. And and you get that uh, that FOMO that you may miss out on someone that will be successful without you. Mm,
3: right. So you can kind of tell before they yeah. leave. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think in
1: any cool. industry you you have it's it's tangible that confidence because it's not an arrogance. It's more that that person is just like I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, they know. And
1: Absolutely. it's really exciting. It's the mm-hmm. best kind of ride because passionate people the. Every chance you get them, um, you give them. They just grab it and make yeah. it so much bigger. So it's also such a joy to give chances to people who actually are like this because they're yeah. such great energies, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been to your fourth birthday celebration last weekend, yeah. and I yeah got the chance to meet some of the artists you represent, and I can really tell how you know how happy they are to be a part of your agency because it's making them you know, live their dream every day. And yeah. I think that's the most important part, too, is that yeah, you mm. represent people who are really good at what they do, but they're so passionate that it's yep. built a really strong community around it. Yeah. And now, yeah, you've had your office in London, you've opened to Paris as well. and mm. so Yeah, I <laughs> heard you with uh, the Sean Mouse. <laughs> yeah, the Sean the Mouse. That was an amazing project, actually. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little <laughs> yeah. bit, because you got to give me the sneak preview of the artist in progress. His name is Saipé. And um, it was called Between Walls. So it's mm-hmm. still going on right now, but it's nearly finished. And it's this whole big project of, you know, together we're stronger and building, make, making the world a better place. And it's all using biodegradable materials. So it was like a series of hands grabbing each other mm-hmm. all around the champs de Mouse And you could see... Which is it about from 600 meters. Tower. So yeah. you it was can... Huge, it yeah. Was, but
1: yeah, it was... But I think that's a classic example where Seipe just told us... Um, I want to cover the Sean Mass with my painting. Mm. He's 29. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, you know, this is going to be complicated. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of people that I we work with and we're lucky to work with. Yeah. Um, and the thing is with Ambition as well is that he obtained it. You know, the Sean the Mass was, for the first time in history, um, closed yeah. to make that painting, which if you think about it, is completely mad, it is. Yeah. and Saipé just launched it from the Eiffel Tower, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: he expressed that wish six months ago,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: it's, it's that is really what DRIVE creates, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and I yeah. think there's also, everyone is always so happy to give chances to people who are that driven,
0: yeah. but yeah,
1: Saipé just in January created that wish, and then six months later, just so that, that was wish exactly his idea from that the That was beginning. exactly, and, and it's just... And and yeah, I mean you can imagine the numerous amount of challenges that you would yeah, have in putting that kind of it. project. It's and yet project. I think it just he had such a great energy. And that's kind of what got him to have a lot of media partnerships as well alongside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, yeah, people just get excited in a room when someone just walks in and is like, that's just what I want to do.
2: Yeah.
1: And the project feels right today because, as you said, it's sustainable paint. Yeah. Um, so it touches upon the fact that we should be more sustainable.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: it's also a very brilliant message of unity, which, you know, in a time where that's not
0: always the message, yeah. I think is very relevant. So, yeah, Yeah. yeah very nice. Yeah, so to get the city involved in it as well because yeah. to that point you need to have the approval of the mayor and everything. But you need potentially approvals for so many people. Yeah. And you spend your life it's it's my job
1: is completely a people business. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I
1: think I'm sure it will be similar on your end where people, there's highs and there's lows. Um, So, um, but I think you also learn to be okay with conflict in my job,
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: also you learn that conflict don't last. Um, And then ultimately, you're gathering people who have such different opinions. So just simply for this project, you will have a very socialist mayor, mixed with sponsors who are not very socialist at all, Mm -hmm. um, mixed with a charity that's therefore more on the Mm socialist side, an artist, media, Uh, partnerships you can only expect that there will be conflicts and that I think also that's actually what I love about my job is that you start having empathy for people who are just so different to you Mm -hmm. and and you start being very relaxed about the fact that there will be conflicts you start just knowing how to handle it it's not a big deal in itself
3: yeah yeah so for this project how did you guys work together so like from the start and then how did you work together when it came to bringing all these people together and then, yeah, how was the whole process? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I guess,
1: you know, every of those projects is like running a business basically. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. one thing that I learned because I haven't gone to a business school mm-hmm. is that you always start with common sense. You mm-hmm. need money, mm-hmm. you need a space, yeah. and then you need visibility. So, yeah. it sounds silly, but that's basically what you need now. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So, you're going to have to raise funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to get the agreement of the place okay. and then you're going to have to get the media partnerships on board mm-hmm. um, okay. the The hardest like running a business is that at the beginning you have nothing yeah. and you need to get everyone excited
2: mm-hmm. that you have
1: something but it's not there yet mm-hmm. um, so I think same with you, know, you guys launching a, a podcast me launching the business four years ago you are just doing that weird thing where people have to hear of you but at the same time you also need to raise the funding, and at Mm -hmm. the same time, you just need to get all the agreements. Mm -hmm. So it's a juggling act. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you just always get there. So I think we started the Mayor of Paris, we started engaging the sponsors. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have the authorization yet once we were confirming the money being raised. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the issue, like you will see, the same in business, as Mm -hmm. you know, is that if we had waited for the authorization, we would barely ever had three weeks to raise funds, so it was yeah. completely impossible. Right. We also shake the hand of the Guardian because they were going to do three covers mm-hmm. uh, before we had the authorization. So mm-hmm. yeah, you just yeah.
2: Yeah. you just have to <laughs> take, <it> <laughs> you have to, yeah. Yeah. You have to take a leap of faith yeah. that yeah. if yeah. you've
1: made a, co- a commitment, it will have to happen. Yeah, it's... and then you have that goal where that's what the commitment is at, and ultimately you just make it happen. Mm. I've never walked into a project where things hadn't happened
2: mm-hmm.
1: and but yeah of course there are moments where I shake hands or put things on writing and I'm like oh this is heavy because mm-hmm. we hope it happens you know mm-hmm.
2: right. there could
1: have been the storm there could have been tons of rain there it's could true. have been tons of things that could have gone the way
2: yeah
1: but you have to just commit
3: hope for the best
1: yeah and mm-hmm. I think yeah. ultimately that's the only way to do it and the business is the same when you I raise funds I'm 76% shareholder in the talent agency mm-hmm. and you know you're shaking the hand of an investor that's put now money and trust in you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you just got to be like, I just hope it works out. And yeah. then you do your best. And it's generally what you have deeply in your heart that you hope it works out. But there's always a chance that it could not work out. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But you just
1: got to take that leap and yeah. say to that guy um, or that woman, I'm in 100%, yeah. I hope it works out. Yeah. For mm-hmm. all the those projects, save it. It. yeah. yeah. It's the same with raising funds for business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to prove. You're in your bedroom broke on a sofa. Yeah you know you don't have that much to say to the investors that yes we are multinational mm. and of course it's safe it's not safe mm-hmm. but all you have to say to to him or her is i care enormously and if i make a commitment i will see it through yeah yeah but i think that's basically all you can say mm-hmm. so i mean that's the same with those projects
3: yeah, yeah.
0: So it's that's commitment. great for the artists as well that they yeah. have people like you who are be- yeah. able to put in the confidence and the work yeah that i as think well. we all it's it all faith. Mm-hmm. We're all our faith in, basically. it's exactly. no, mm-hmm. amazing. Well, actually, yeah, because your business now has been going on for four years and you have yeah. yeah amazing artists and do amazing projects, it would be great to know how was it when you first started and was it really difficult to get your first clients on board and the investment you needed to start yeah, so I think, you know, um, it
1: would be a light to say that it was not difficult because there will be, but you don't make it look difficult. Right. Um, especially in our industries because they're luxury industries. Mm-hmm. So you exactly. you have to be this incredibly graceful and relaxed person while the yeah. air is <laughs> collapsing. <a>
0: storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. yeah, So
1: I think, you know, I have found myself in quirky situations where, your card is being declined and then two seconds mm-hmm. later you still have to look super luxury and it's yeah, like the yeah. whole thing is really stressful. I think a few years down the line you find it really funny and I think it's really good mm-hmm. character building.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think being being in difficulties financially is a good thing for your character because you learn that it's not the end of the world yeah. and that things can pass. Exactly. Um, so I think that's definitely something to bear in mind. I think you have to be um, super good at spotting priorities.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, it's easy to be seduced. For instance, like, you know, we didn't actually go with a lot of press initially mm-hmm. um, because I think you, you have businesses will, will have a lot of PR but actually are not generating a penny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We yes. went for really the kind of the hard bricks, the hardcore foundations of what the business needed, mm-hmm. which were not glamorous. My first service was definitely not glamorous. and But it felt like we had to put the foundation in. You have to trust, ultimately, it's not about what most people think, whether or not you're successful, it's you to be like, is it actually working? And ultimately, yeah. you know your surface is working or not. Yeah, exactly. You also know what your bank account is like. Yeah. Um, and I think if you trust that, then I think you can write the rest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you just have to be patient. I think the first year or two are difficult. They are you know, even the types of sacrifices that you make personally, yeah. whether it's your personal relationships or even your friendships or things like this where you can see them a little bit less. Or
2: Definitely.
1: I remember that my girlfriends who were where employees are working more in the corporate world could spend a lot more when they were going out uh, than mm-hmm. me having right. to pay everything in my business. So, yeah. of course, you make adjustments. But I think it's worth saying that if you do it well, it doesn't last long. Yeah. Um, and if you're on the line, you're very happy you've done it.
0: Yeah, um, it's
1: a good risk to take, definitely. Yeah, to but it's, I think at least one year thing. or two of you cutting your teeth, basically. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, you would say the the cutting point is like a year or two yeah. of a bit of a struggle. and yeah. then... Well, you also would just generally get rejected most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. That's kind of, yeah, that's an interesting stage because, I mean, as our listeners know, we're also launching our consulting business yeah. in digital and social media and all that. And it's a work in progress. We're really working hard to build it up. But it's exactly... That's the whole thing. It's all of our time and extra energy is going on it. I've got a full-time yeah. job. You're studying full-time. Yeah. We have our social media to run as well and partnerships there. But mm-hmm. this is just something I'm so passionate about because I've been in the industry for five years and I want to make it work. And so yeah. it's nice to hear your point of view from like a yeah. few years before. And then it's not all
3: like rainbows <laughs> yeah. and butterflies. it's yeah, yeah. definitely rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> yeah.
1: But if you care, I think it will happen. And yeah, yeah I, I just feel like it's really good character building. I think the thing is, especially for women, you know, it's so nice to know that you can do it. Um, And that's why I actually think that struggle is, in a sense, almost something very valuable for the next few years Mm -hmm. because it has changed my confidence. Um, I feel much more grounded. Mm -hmm. I know that whatever stage of my life, I have that where, you know, you can rely on yourself with very little and through lots of challenges. Mm
2: -hmm. So I actually think (laughs) it's a really
1: good thing for your personality it is.
2: Um,
1: you just have to accept this is the, the toughest thing obviously is that right now if I get one rejection I get two good news in the same day yeah
2: so yeah. therefore so you,
1: okay. you think of the rejection for five minutes and then yeah. you move on because you're busy yeah
2: and then you've right.
1: got all the staff coming up right at the beginning sadly that rejection sticks with you because you have no good news. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and you feel more like crying on your sofa because you feel yeah, this you is think, the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is really the thing that changed. The rejections will keep on going but you'll keep on having better and better news. Right. So you'll forget about them. Exactly. Uh, and they will only last five minutes on your emotions. But the first mm. year or so, every rejection or every poor comment really hurts you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think really. that's only natural. I don't think you can completely remove that.
0: No, I would agree with that. That makes a lot Sense. Yeah. How do you deal with it?
1: The rejection yeah, now. Yeah. I think being busy
0: is the best thing for not being anxious. Um,
1: yeah, that's true. And I, <laughs> true. There you <laughs> are. You don't think about it. I think I don't have time to stalk my competitors on Instagram for too long. I don't yeah, have time good. to be thinking too much about the rejection mm-hmm. because we're generally busy. Um, So I think that really helps. I think also because you start um, taking a bit more perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the thing, is the more insecure you are, the more rejection will hurt you. And it's normal because at the beginning you are broke and you don't know if you can make it. Yeah. So of course the rejection is incredibly going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. But now that we've established something a little a little bit, you know, you, we know that we're worth something. So if someone mm-hmm. tells us we're not worth anything,
2: yeah. then
1: now I can be like, well actually, it's not worth working with that person.
2: Yeah.
1: But at the beginning, you don't yet have that confidence because you're like, maybe I'm not worth anything,
2: mm-hmm. you know? And
1: I think it's, it's a natural built up of layers of confidence that you're going to go through. Yeah. Um, I also feel that you get much better at uh, picking friends mm-hmm. Um
2: yeah
1: and I think that one thing with entrepreneurship is that you really are yeah I think you you know who are the right friends who are not very quickly yeah. and I don't think you waste your time in between mm-hmm. uh, because That's you have true. less and less in between
2: exactly.
1: and you need people who just only positive positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly the rest of your book is lovely but you can't have them too close. Yeah, yeah. And you start having like a lot of my girlfriends because they're building things experience tons of challenges Mm. so i hear this is the same on the other side Mm -hmm. so i know that i'm not the only one in london having Mm -hmm. depression about rejection i know know that that there's another 20 who are going through this and i think just this um and we met through people on that basis and i think just this i think is important in terms of community Mm -hmm. but you learn to shape your community and you also learn to remove people from your community quickly yeah um, you don't waste time basically mm-hmm. in terms of your mental health and how you feel about things. Mm-hmm. You look much better today because if you walk into a meeting with a big smile on your face, mm-hmm. looking excited, you will win that meeting. Yeah. Um, sure. If you look miserable, you will lose it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you learn to look after yourself and how you feel about things because if yeah. you don't, it won't succeed if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like faking it until you make it. Until, until you make it. Give yeah. off the image that everything is going
3: amazingly, it's all going well, and yeah. then it will work but, but time with your investors in that industry most of them are probably you're probably going into a room with filled with men and suits mm-hmm. yeah true so how do you deal with being that woman coming in and saying this is what I'm doing for my company can you help me in xyz way
1: like so I think cool. the the first it's interesting because I went through different approaches with it mm-hmm. so when I started I went in Was up makeup um, Mm -hmm. and really strict looking, and I was only very serious. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because recently, my partner, who's a VC, Mm. showed me a study that it said that pretty girls um, couldn't raise a lot of funding. Mm-hmm. So, actually, if you're an attractive man, you raise more funding. If mm-hmm. you were less attractive man, you raise a little bit less, mm-hmm. but still more than girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was the opposite for girls, because oh. men didn't trust women who apparently
3: Are dressed. Attractive.
1: And I think society mm-hmm. is putting that on you. Yeah. So, I went and being like, I'm incredibly serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, bare face and mm-hmm. um clothing that was almost kind of dismissing the fact that I was a bit, you know, girly, and, yeah, and yeah. she picks mm-hmm. and things like this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that was stage one. I don't know if the story could have been the same if I had done that, so I can't mm-hmm. tell you that, mm-hmm. but that definitely okay. was my first approach. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, a few years down the line, the nicest thing about growing older mm. is... Uh, you start not caring about this yeah I love wearing pinks and being on my bicycle with flowers mm-hmm. but I also know that I can handle a big investment
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't see why I can't be the same person
2: yeah, yeah and
1: totally. I think for me again when the business started work out, working out it felt liberating mm-hmm. to be like you know what I just like that that kind of dress up yeah and I was at Rothschild and um, the private bank Mm-hmm. A month ago, you know, wearing a very pinky outfit uh, with a little bow and there was just oh. men in suits.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's much more me because that's mm-hmm. just much more my personality. But it goes back to confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have trusted me. I don't know. I mean, we raised twice. So the second round mm-hmm. of investors definitely saw me more like mm-hmm. I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we potentially also had more. I've proven a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I true. It I wasn't can't,
0: the early stages. Anymore. So I can't
1: tell you if I've worked in the same way. But I think actually... There is still a belief that apparently if you care about how you look,
0: Mm.
1: you can't also be caring about how serious staff is. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I make also jokes all the time. My personality is much more jokey than it Mm. is to always be serious. Um, But it took me a few more years to be like, this is who I can be.
2: And I think that's a struggle for women
1: because we don't actually know what is the right personality to present. Yeah. Yeah. And I also got told, it's the same for public speaking, that apparently you are judged before you even start speaking.
3: Yeah, it's true. You know, so how less, yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
1: and I still don't know what the right answer is. Mm-hmm. But I have changed because I didn't, that was more my personality and I've readapted to who I was.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Obviously the business is far from affected from it. Mm-hmm. Um. But it took me that extra bit of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like balloons as you see for the first party and cakes, <laughs> yeah, but I also can run very <laughs> serious reports on yeah. cultural strategy. Yeah. But it took me to be like, okay, I will try both. Yeah. And now I'm much happier being able to be mm-hmm. myself, I think, at all times. No,
0: definitely. Yeah. It Sometimes is tricky just to not know. taken
3: seriously, that's the problem. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I can't Until understand. you're
0: proven wrong until yeah. you start speaking and people think, okay, what she's saying is 100% true.
3: Exactly.
0: But yeah, I can understand that it would be like my first instinct as well to want to look more corporate rather than exactly like, you know, dress really girly and fashionable and all that. That's also why we're thinking for our consulting launch as well. Like what kind of image do we want to give off? Mm. Do we want it to be more corporate? But then again, we don't want that because it's about us and the people who will use us will be investing in us. And so we want to be able to show ourselves. But it is a tricky balance to have. I think it's about to change, frankly. Yes, um, yeah. The
1: more successes women will have, the more they will show that there's not a way to be successful woman, mm-hmm. which is apparently what we're told.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: also, like it sounds completely mad that um, there's a way of dressing up yeah. uh, yes. to be successful or to talk about money. Yeah, it's that yeah, whole yeah. thing. I don't see how talking about money is attached to an outfit.
2: No, but
1: no. apparently, a few years ago, that was the pressure we were receiving. Yeah. Yeah. but again I don't think that's true I think I, I still have the same brain whatever outfit I'm exactly. wearing so I think I can read the numbers in the same way yeah. so but there's is. a preconception but I think it's changing because if you think even of San Francisco or Californian um, the investment that goes into tech you know like before 10 years ago you only will have suits
2: mm-hmm. now they're in
1: flip flops um, mm-hmm. and they that's are true. the guys yeah. who have raised the most amount of money
3: yeah. so I mm-hmm. think
1: the, co- the codes are changing in regards to who you should be portrayed as when yeah. you talk about, apparently, say, your economic stuff. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, definitely. Yeah. But you've lived in LA, and you're French, so why did you decide to start your business in London? Yeah. So I first moved to London for that BBC internship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for me, London is the
1: ideal in-between between the American system and the European system. Mm-hmm. So I love how, I would say, I love the intellectual values of the French. Like, it sounds very arrogant in French to say that, but I do, like, I like the fact that they aspire to do something good socially and intellectually. Mm -hmm. But the French have rubbish at marketing, communication, and business, you know? That's just not something that we are trained as.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I love the execution of the Americans. I think when I was in LA, Like communication and marketing, once you get exposed to that side, you're like, this is a whole different world out there.
2: Um,
1: and they do it so efficiently, but sometimes, you know, I feel that this is actually the perfect marriage between the two because sometimes I wish some of the European content was being activated with just as much marketing as I see in America, because I feel that my peers here research things for a bit longer and I see value in creating valuable content Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then on the other side, you know, you s- Hollywood movies, like they spend as much money in making the movie than they spend on marketing.
2: Yeah.
1: If you cons- if you compare the budgets with Europe, like they spend way more in making the movie.
2: Yeah. I think
1: there's a nice in-between between the two systems, and I yeah. think that's what we're trying to, to kind of do with our talent agencies, that like my artists um, tackle very relevant subjects, yeah. but they are being activated through a very aggressive marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know my passion about the fact that I think... Um, valuable content should be out
0: there completely um yeah. so and
1: that's what that's the value of a podcast as well in that same sense yeah, yeah. but you do need marketing but the French, yes, they don't regard yeah. marketing very highly
0: yeah but yeah. i know completely you're yeah you're <laughs> even public yourself you've got yeah loads of followers on your instagram as well you've been featured in so many articles guardian forbes you've been on ted talks you've been doing podcasts like everything because you really understand the value of
3: Marketing, marketing and getting your
0: message out there, especially yeah. you being the CEO of your company, yeah. to have you like yourself speak out on these topics, has yeah. definitely helped, right? How has it? Oh, really yeah, improved? Actually. But I think mean,
1: again, going back to just not starting with a lot of money,
0: mm-hmm. you yeah.
1: have to just activate every part you can.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And marketing is one of them, and you know, it sounds silly, but. I mean, you guys are more successful as, a, as as Instagram than I am, but it's like I always got told that very few people thanked the journalists like we text so we first check that the journalist is being tagged we will be chasing our artists if they're not tagged then we personally thank every partner every journalist and everything apparently that's still a very rare procedure Mm. but I've always if you give us a voice like doesn't matter how doesn't matter if there's up and downs of that relationship Mm -hmm. it will always be um, you always have your credits and you always be thanked because I just of course I understand that value I think someone that gives you marketing value or visibility value you is mm. it's a huge gift it's Absolutely. the same as someone that gives you uh, revenue or finance um, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. so there's a real
1: and I think that's what you learn with more the American system because they do value that
2: yeah the um,
1: and again I think it's that's the difference sometimes the European system is that journey sometimes tells me that they're not even tied in their article or thanked mm-hmm. or appreciated in doing this I mean that mm-hmm. will just never cross our mind it's generally exactly about us. of course yeah. They're completely part of the story of who has yeah. made it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, um yeah, it's more that system. But marketing is usually helpful. I mean, ultimately, when you build a business, you want everyone to hear about you because they could be a potential client
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah. through this kind of groups of people. And you yeah. don't know what your potential clients are. Um, For us, the way we built our artists is, you know, Adelaide was on a campaign with Clurie, the luxury brand. Mm-hmm. We awesome. have all the public art uh, projects as well, which are yeah. city and governments and real estate developers. Mm-hmm digital collaborations, and our high networks who buy the art. Mm. That's a lot of people.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you know, Chloe, a classic example, that person was on holiday mm. and she was connected to someone that was following our Instagram account. Mm. They had an exchange mm. and then we got the brief back uh, mm. at that mm. point. And that shows you that unless you're visible,
2: yeah.
1: like they will never have thought about us. So yeah. that's why there can never be any shortage of marketing. Because you never know when that person is going to finally be in the right timing to contact you.
2: Yeah.
1: And when they finally doing the right project for you, they need to think about you. Mm. And at that point, people don't go, let's go on the deepest research on Google. Mm. They go on, who do we know? Yeah. Yeah. And if your name doesn't pop out, you don't get the contract. Yeah, yeah, it's just that simple. I think we would wish people would go on a deeper research, but that's just I think very naive because people don't. I mean, I yeah. do research. I'm not sure a, mm-hmm. every project I so will be thinking, who do I know will be Completely. best for that project?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the same for us. Whether it's something from like thinking about a podcast episode and then. Yeah, the fact that I know you, yeah. I didn't have to research into, you know, okay, who would be interesting to yeah. ask. It's yeah. it's all that. It's all connections at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and the more you have, the more it yeah. Helps so to you need to, the your name must, your name
1: must pop up basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. so your team, how many people are in your team again? So and what does everybody do?
1: Okay, <laughs> so I've got two offices, one in Golden Square in London, and then one in Saint Germain in Paris. Yeah, um, so we have six people here in the team. Uh, in London, and then the rest is part-time or freelancers. Yeah. And then we've got two in Paris. You met the amazing Louise. Yeah. Louise yeah. is a rockhead. She's, uh, so she's doing really well. <laughs> um, so I guess the in terms of the different roles, so you have anything from administrative to digital management, um and design as well, because mm-hmm. you are pitching the artists every day. So you send PDF and you need to yeah. build the brands for yeah. them as well as us. Yeah. But the most important hire first are the talent managers. Mm-hmm. Um, being a talent manager is going back to that very cliche Joe Maguire idea where you need to be strategizing the career of your artists. You need to know your industry well enough
2: mm-hmm. that
1: you can advise, basically, which is a big ask. You also need to be, um, I guess available personally for that kind of relationship. Like yeah. your artists don't text you from nine to six pm. Mm-hmm. Um and there are urgencies as well. Yeah. And there's also there's a lot of emotional intelligence, you know, if an artist is about to break down, yeah. again you need to spot that. Um yeah. and you need to address it basically. Yeah. Um there's also you need to be very assertive from a business standpoint. Um, because our artists are not yet established. Some of them are becoming established thanks to the works that we do. But you're basically mm-hmm. walking into a room, being young, and pitching someone that's not known. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. not very handy in terms yeah. of power negotiation. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have to make it really exciting that this yeah. artist is really exciting mm-hmm. right. and be pretty assertive about them because no one has heard of them when you walk in that in mm-hmm. those first rooms. Um, and finally, you need to be um, having a strong sense of communication.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is also something that I think is communication, not even in just the press, social media sense, but you are dealing with people who are so different that if you are a politician, you need to quickly readdress what mm-hmm. you're saying and how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. So I found it the most um, challenging job intellectually and I love it for that matter,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. but
1: this is also what makes the recruitment very difficult because you don't come across mm-hmm. people like this every two seconds yeah, and it true. requires a lot of training, <laughs> Um, you have met Louise, which I'm incredibly excited about. Yeah,
2: um, Louise is
1: amazing. It took me many failures to get to Louise. Really? So, <laughs> like, so every time you go to like someone that works out, you're like, thank God for that. Yeah. Um, but I think Louise is a, is a classic. You know, she's assertive and she's very young. Yeah, yeah. Um, she cares a lot. And so she would want to do a good job and she mm. would try to do a good job. And she would be really at it. Um, and I think she has that emotional intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. she knows, because that's the thing with our jobs, it's the same with our clients and our artists. There are times you just need to, you know, to buy flares and talk about a cake.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: not talk about business, to build a relationship, yeah, and not be bit. pressurizing. And there's other times, because you're in that of buying as well, mm-hmm. where you need to be pressurizing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should not be getting the timing wrongs. you know. They, yeah. And so I think that is where the emotional intelligence really plays a part. Because yes. if you do the cake bit for two hours really well, you mm-hmm. could gain six months of conflicts ahead of you mm-hmm. because a person feels much more attached to the company. Yeah. So you need to know that. But equally, you need to sometimes put your foot down Mm -hmm. when especially with times when they're trying to take advantage Mm -hmm. and be like well that's too much so that emotional intelligence is like Mm -hmm. really key to manage all the key partners clients or times i mean our worlds are full Mm -hmm. of egos you know so you need to be careful that you're not bruising any egos that you're working with
0: no exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, it seems like it's such a big industry with so many different levels to it but it's amazing and it's really good that uh it's been working out really well. So, well, I'm sure on the buying things. side or cons- <laughs> the consultancy side, yeah. you guys will
1: have the same intentions. So, Completely. I think yeah. it will
0: be the same at the end of the day. It's yeah. just, yeah, maybe from like the first aspect, you don't realize how much it involves. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into it, it's, yeah, it's actually a very similar model. And because I'm sure an your clients will need the day. to have the cake moment where you build trust.
3: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And the exactly. moment where you
1: actually enforce
3: exactly we're trying to figure out exactly how we're gonna do that so we're looking into different ways of how to approach businesses and then maybe working on them in the beginning not in terms of taking a big fee for it but just kind of having that credibility yeah building the personal connections using what we have because we
0: build up so many connections in london in our industry over years and worked with them on different things and so I think to utilize our network we already have, it's such a big us, yeah, yeah. benefit, benefit yeah. basically, yeah. for us to have that already yeah. and then build on it and uh, propose, okay, this is how we can help you. This is what we see as like a gap in what your business has. yeah And I think there's a
1: tip I can give about that, um, which is you should divide your network upon short-term and long-term. Mm-hmm. So there might be someone that, you know, there are people I'm glad I didn't work with them two years ago. Because we were, not really, we were not good enough. Yeah. And I'm glad that we cultivated that relationship. And now that we are uh, better at what we do, yeah. we can generally take on that relationship to the next level. True, so right? if I think of it with London, we're now going on a, full, a full-on full partnership with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You see, I don't think two years ago I could have done as much of a good job with them.
2: Yeah. And I think that's
1: why I'm saying by short-term and long-term. It yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you eject people on the short-term. But if there are certain contacts you're like, that will be the dream of the industry.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe just cultivate them and put them on the back burner.
0: Yeah.
1: And then wait until this is like the perfect timing.
0: Yeah.
3: That makes sense.
1: Because I think sometimes, you know, you contacting them a bit too early when it's still a bit messy. Yeah. You yeah. will miss out on actually how valuable they could be for the business, basically. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the thing with... Um, yeah the timings there's certain yeah. type of contacts I'm okay even if i even when you're stressed and when you're just starting and you have no money you're like I can see that if we do the job well in three years time you are the perfect person yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you should almost respect and trust the fact that you should leave that contact to be the perfect person in three years because mm-hmm. it will almost be a shame to waste it
0: no exactly uh, yeah.
1: too early on if that makes sense
0: exactly I think that's really yeah.
3: valuable. That makes a lot of sense to us. Yeah. And then also for anyone that wants to start their own business and is listening to this, do you have any tips for them? Or
1: I think it's always um, it's difficult to give tips every time because yeah. I think the honest, the honest truth I can give is, um, you know, first, really make sure that's what you want to do. Yeah. They sounds silly, but I mean, I'm about to have my first kid, but I, I'm yeah. actually given the first, the same advice about starting a coffee in the night, about having a kid, <laughs> just because I think it's something that you should really want. Yeah. Um, right. Don't do it because it's cool to be an entrepreneur. Just yeah. do it because you're like, this is generally something that I've dreamed of. Mm. And I dream of becoming that woman who could run that business and do that. And therefore, I'm willing to cope with any compromises that it takes to get there. Yeah. That's that's a kind of right frame of mind, mm. but if you feel you're doing it because it's cool, mm. um, you out of jobs and a bit lost and transitioning, mm. uh, you don't exactly know this is definitely the wrong thing mm. to do, and. Being a CEO, it may be cool right now on press, yeah. but who cares? Ultimately, you know, you will have to go through all those challenges. Mm-hmm. And the only way you will go through challenges easily is because that's all you dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they will feel slightly easier than someone who hasn't just dreamed of them mm-hmm. because that's all you care about. So I think just really thinking of that decision, it's not necessary to start a business. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of people around us, um, both my partner and I, starting businesses because it's now cool to have a business and hang yeah. out in a coffee shop saying you have a business. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that. I would just take a normal job mm. and uh, still figure out where I'm at mm-hmm. before launching into what's going to be Yes, it's the most meaningful thing you can do, but it's also going to be one of the challenging things you can do. So do it when it's really the business of your dreams, basically, and then stick at it and then build it to be that. Uh, Don't do it in the in between because I just think you might as well have your weekends and evening off and be paid for it Mm. during the interim. I don't think it makes any sense to be going through all of this if it's not for something that you absolutely want.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it has to be the right thing and the right time too because there were times in the past few years where I've thought of great ideas that I could do. Mm. And I'm glad I never really did them because they were not now. When Mm. I think back on it, I don't want to start those ideas. It wasn't 100% what I wanted to do. Like at one point I wanted to launch an activewear clothing brand. Mm. And I built, like I made all the samples. I got everything ready. I did all the design, the business plan for it. Then when it came to actually getting ready to put it out there, I said, no, this is not what I want to do actually. I'm not that passionate about activewear. And it was a learning progress to be able to, you know, figure out everything from, like, I had my financial plans ready and all of that. I was going to ask for investments. So I didn't, like, plan at further stage of, like, who. Mm. But I planned that's what I was going to do. And I had the active or samples and everything. And I realized it wasn't... Design at that point wasn't for me and I'd be better off doing something else. Then I started my masters, mm-hmm. got some time to think about what I really wanted to do, and now I feel like it's the right time with a different idea. I agree. Yeah. But it's really such a good example of you know, there's no point to do something just to say, Yeah, you founded this company if it's not something you yeah. know. And that's really why compared with a kid is that you stuck with it for a while. Yeah. So yeah. you might as <laughs> well have <laughs> <laughs> it. So,
1: you might as well just make sure this is the choice part. Exactly. You know? yeah. And I think exactly what you said there are phases of your life where you have that time where you're like, I want to give it a full go mm-hmm. uh, because I'm mm-hmm. in that frame of mind. And it's interesting because I don't think I could have launched Empty Out today. Mm-hmm. I'm in a different frame of mind that I was uh, four or five years ago where Empty Out could become every part of my life. Because that's where the stage I was at. yeah. And I think timing, as you said, is completely key. It is. But if you've yeah. tried this, that means you wear... I mean, I've had a team company and i tried also the yeah. fashion thing as well. <laughs> we do. But it's all things that, like, I think you want to have a business and I think that's good news. Yeah, that's But true. it's just, I think also, yeah, it is something that you can live with for so long.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: something that's so inherently part of you and you wake up and think about it all the time.
2: Yeah. That
1: just, yeah, just make it as beautiful as you can and as meaningful as you can, basically. Exactly. Uh, don't compromise on the idea if you can do the idea that you dreamed of. Yeah. And that's. Because I just think it would be a shame because you're going to give it to 24-7 anyway. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a really Perfect. positive and nice ending. <laughs> and thank you, Maureen, for joining us and for talking about this. I think it's super insightful, yeah. not only for ourselves, but hopefully to everyone listening as well. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to follow Maureen, you can on her social media, Marine Tanguy and MT Art Agency as well. I definitely yeah. suggest anyone who loves art to go and have a look and see the projects they're doing. If you're in London or Paris, or even mm-hmm. all over the world, you can definitely read about it or see it online. And then you can come visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? <laughs> I'm sure you've got lots of exciting things in the works as well. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was really nice. Oh, thank thanks. You. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Guys. <laughs>